This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale and Sydney's northern beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, we're through the preliminary finals. We are now into the grand final week. Two teams are left in the Shoot Shield. Sydney University and the Gordon Highlanders will take place in the grand final this weekend to talk us through how they got there. Uh, on the podcast, not me, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. So much club footy to talk about. Lots happening on the test scene too. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast. Joining me on the line tonight is Mike Cashman from Rugby News. Hello, Casho. Well, Bertie, I've emerged from a dark room that I've been in for the past couple of days. And um, mm. anyway, we're, we're looking forward to a, a fairly handy grand final. And perhaps even the defending premiers might be the defending premiers next year. Who knows? We are looking forward to a grand final. Calling that match is uh, the gentleman that's also joining us on the line, Andrew Swain from Stan Sport. Hello, Swainy. Yeah, g'day, gents. Uh, you know, condolences, Casho, uh, you know, for your team missing out this year. It was a, um, you know, comprehensive performance from Gordon, wasn't it, on the weekend? And I'm sure we'll dissect all of it. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a couple of semifinals at Rat Park. Beautiful uh, surroundings and... A uh, heck of an afternoon. Yep, a couple of great games to cover, and we'll do that shortly. Before we do, what a win for those Wallabies, Swaney. Yeah, I happened to be at Adelaide Oval. I was very lucky to go down. I'd never been to Adelaide. It was the first time I'd been there, mm. um, and the ground is amazing. Adelaide itself, weird town. I just got a weird <laughs> vibe from it. Um, it does look magnificent oval, I have to say. Oh, awesome. And... You know, it was great that the double header was on. We, we were there very early, uh, midday mm. kickoff for the women with the Wallaroos, and then uh, and they played really well. And then into the the, the men's test, um, and the Wallabies didn't they come out uh, of the gates beautifully? And and it was a comprehensive win in the end. Um, I I think the scoreline flattered the Springboks in the end. To be honest, I um I felt like the Wallabies really had the grip between the teeth and. Uh, box looked a little bit flat, I thought, Casho. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they certainly were for the per, for the first fifty or or sixty minutes, and it was mm. only when uh, their bench came on, Quagga Smith uh, made a, 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 a bit of havoc, and I'm I'm sure Dave Rennie would have uh, mo- probably preferred that uh, they actually uh, went on with the job. But um, anyway, listen, we're a uh, one of those work in progress sort of things, but. Uh, Swaney, what's uh, what? What's your thoughts about Adelaide Rugby World Cup? I think they've uh, they've uh, they've uh, put a put a uh, a line in the sand, haven't they? Put the flag up to uh, host a weekend down there. I reckon. Oh, absolutely. I think we'll we'll definitely see Test matches played uh, for Rugby World Cup twenty twenty seven at Adelaide Oval. It's a it's a magnificent facility. Great, mm. just uh, you know, just a, it's close to the city. It's um, you know it's a short walk from all the hotels and what have you in the it's close area. Close to the country up in the hills, you know, you could have a yeah. couple of nice nights out there in the vineyards. It's a oh, good definitely. Spot. I reckon that they're probably we might have, you know you never know we might even see an earlier um, sort of dress rehearsal for Adelaide maybe with that Lions tour in twenty twenty five. I reckon mm. Premier is pretty keen. He wants 
everything uh, that they can in uh, in South Australia and at Adelaide Oval. So uh, you never know. We might see one earlier as well. Yeah, just on that Wallabies performance, though, there was some obviously some eye-catching performances. You can't go past Marika Corabetti, who was flat-out unplayable uh, during the game. But before I get under him, um, I thought Fraser McWright, you know, with two tries there, Swaney, obviously stepping into the big boots of Michael Hooper, uh, he didn't miss a trick and um, it was a really encouraging performance from him. Yeah, brilliant, wasn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. he? He certainly has just stepped into that seven role that Hoops um, has, you know, occupied for so long with, you know, with esteem and hasn't missed a beat. He, no. you know, the, not only was his, you know, attacking game brilliant, um, obviously two tries, but, you know, there were a couple of crucial turnovers at, at times. There was one right on the goal line. Yeah. That he um that he made that was just uh, top draw, absolutely yes. top shelf. Um, you know he's a classy young player. We always knew that he had this in him. Um, mm. still a lot to learn, but gee, he uh, he certainly made that seven jersey his own in the absence of hoops. Boys, what what about that performance of James Slipper, the captain, yes. the first captain since John Thornett to uh, captain the Wallabies against the. Uh, the Springboks and uh, uh, pulled off a fantastic uh, uh, scrum penalty that uh, I thought was pretty critical in the in 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 the way that the game went down. And then uh, back there at number fifteen, Reese Hodge, I thought uh, a good manly boy, Burjo, had a uh, had had a pretty handy uh, go at uh, uh, securing that number fifteen jersey with uh, you know uh, others uh, others. Been given an audition earlier in the, in this series. Well, he's a safe pair of hands, and the Wallabies have actually got a really good success rate with him at the back. Um, could we put the who's going to be our number ten cue back in the rack, Swaney? I mean, what has Lolasia got to do? Yeah, <laughs> I think he was outstanding. Couldn't put a foot wrong. Set up a match winning try. There's going to be maybe some ups and downs with the kid, but we've just got to persist, don't we? I agree. I think you've got to back him now. Now that he's put in. You know, match-winning performances against some really high-ranking teams in the world. Um, yeah. You know, you, you don't want to drop him and then bring him back for the All Blacks again. You know, that, this is the sort of thing yeah. that that really dents his confidence. You know, to his credit, after all that tumultuous sort of being in the team and then out of the team uh, drama that he's been through, to come out and, and you know, put on a performance like he did uh, was just brilliant. So, uh, yeah, really good. Um, you know, Corin Bette, as you as you mentioned earlier, that try-saving tackle where he just came from the clouds. Um, and I reckon was it was he lucky. Legit... Would you reckon he was a bit lucky? No, nah, legit tackle. It You're was good a with legit it? tackle. His arm wraps. Uh, I don't know what the drama it's, is about. It's um, it's a bit of a limp arm, and it's a bit yeah. Heavy but also, it's it was just because he he. You know, he was going at such breakneck speed. He actually misses him. If you watch the the different angles, he actually misses him with his other with his shoulder, and actually, Mapimpi jumps into his bicep. Um, It's you know, I've never seen anything on a football field that quite like that. It looked like something out of NFL. It looked like a an absolute missile had struck Mapimpi. It looked like a boat had just been torpedoed and just dislodged <laughs> yeah. out. It was unbelievable. Oh. And I'm, look, I'm sort of glad nothing came up with the incident. And Pimpy didn't protest. Corabetti, I think the crowd might have helped. Everyone was just so amped up after that moment. Um, okay, the other incident I've got to mention, I'm going to throw to Cash on this one. Uh, Nick White, what's your views on his um, 
Some people call it gamesmanship. Some people call it shithousery. Um, <laughs> depends on on what you want to do. Um, has he has he has he breached the code of rugby with his simulation there? I've got uh, two words to say about this bird, Joe and Swaney. Well played, Nick White. Well done. <laughs> uh, the whole idea was to extract a penalty. Yep. The fact that he got a yellow card for Faf to Quirk, yep. and it, uh, it, it really stunted the momentum of the, uh, the Springboks at that particular part of the game. Well played. Well yeah. played, Nick White. I couldn't I agree more, Cash. I didn't mind it at all. Go on, yeah. Swaney. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I reckon if the roles are reversed, if yep. it's any other scrum half in the world on the receiving end of that, yep. DuPont, Smith, yep. um, you know, any of those any of those players, they do exactly the same thing. Mm. That's, that's, I, that's what a scrum half does. Yeah. And, 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 and also, boys, the fact that uh, the Springboks, while we're recording this, have announced their side for the weekend – no score after clerk in the uh, in the in the twenty three. They're going with uh, Jaden Hadrinsky and also uh, the, uh, the the other reserve. Uh, and no, uh, no Pollard. So, no, yeah, uh, yeah. On, yeah, on the bench, boys. He's uh, he might be running the water. I don't know. It's going to be a fantastic Test match at the brand new Allianz Stadium. Um, oh, it's very exciting, uh, Swaney. Oh, it is. It is. It's. Uh, I've been privileged to have a quick tour of the facility a couple of weeks back, and um, I tell you what, it's magnificent. If you're a fan, um, and you're, you know, you're you're going to the the ground in the afternoon. There's there's going to be stuff going on outside. Um, I'm pretty sure Maryvale have got the contract to put every one of their restaurants outside or whatever. Um, and then he's putting a toddies there. I read somewhere. Yeah. Like- Mate, there's, really? there was a joint when – when we walked into the stadium, uh-huh. there was a um, a Mexican joint, a fish and chips joint, a dumplings joint, um, and I'm like, where do you get your pie here? Because well. there was <laughs> – and also, can you just Mexican imagine – ceviche, you, Swaney. Imagine if you're getting your, your plate of dumplings, right, and you're trying to fiddle with the soy sauce on the, with two hands and trying to put it on while you're sitting at your seat. Yep. I don't know. Give me a pie any day. Well, yeah. Listen, I, I'm, I'm a frequenter of the press box, and, you know, we're simple types up there, as you all know. And uh, if we don't get our party pies, I tell you what, the you know, like uh, it's Dukes are up, where are the party pies? Sounds oh, like man. it might be a bit of Hiramasa Kingfish and Wasabi uh, this year, uh, Kasha. So can't complain. Um, just quickly, um, we thought things were on the improve across the ditch. No, <laughs> they've gone back to square one. But you've got to take your hat off to the Argies, uh, Swaney. And I think you made the comment, mate. Checkers sides are, are always very potent in that, that early era of his reign, aren't they? Oh, they are. And um, we, didn't we see it on the weekend? It was, mm. it was funny. After uh, after the game in, at Adelaide, we all went sort of back to the hotel and we were sitting around in the bar downstairs, crowded around a laptop watching it um, on Stan Sport. And... Yep. Um, you know, Sonny, Sonny Bill Williams was there with his chewing his fingernails down to the absolute bone. Um, poor bloke. But yeah, look, you, I don't know. You, the Argies were brilliant, and I, and and you know, I, I, I don't think there's really an ounce of me that feels sorry for the All Blacks at the moment as no. a as a collective. Um, you know, Ian Foster, 
I mean, he's a human being, right? He is absolutely still copying it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. You gotta think. Checker's a, a very passionate man. The Argies love that stuff. Cashy he might be the perfect fit, perfect match uh, for the Argentinians. Well, well, listen, he's contracted through. You know, he's obviously got to go off and and coach Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup uh, during the during the northern winter. But uh, you know, like he's uh, he's going to take them to the Rugby World Cup. And uh, yeah, listen, I think that's um, the, the the short sort of uh, assignments really sort of suit Czech. Uh, Right, right down to the ground, but uh, mm. uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard these comments, Swaney, on the on on that on the on the, on the uh, uh, stand coverage. But uh, I, I I thought uh, former All Black captain Kieran Reid was a bit condescending towards the referee, and you know the reasons why the All Blacks uh, were beaten. I thought uh, I thought his uh, assessment of the referee, who was who was uh, officiating on what he saw. Was uh, was perfectly legitimate. Oh, I couldn't mm. agree more, Casho. The, there was they were, they were they were just beaten. They were just well beaten mm. um, on the day. You can't bring the ref into it. I don't think. Um, you know that it was it was a passionate defensive performance from the Argies. You talk. There's a lot of um, the David you know, Kidwell factor there, maybe uh, yeah. slightly as well. Well, that's it. I mean, there's a lot of rhetoric around, you know, the Argies, they play with so much passion, but and they do, but they're just a good they're just good rugby players too, right? Oh, but they've had some outstanding outside backs and they kick everything uh, because they're all from football background. Yeah. Um, and they've been a great rugby nation for the better part of the last – I mean, they've been a great rugby nation for many, many years, but in the professional era, they've had some great World Cup runs. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's really exciting and – if you look at that table, Swanee, I mean, they're in the mix. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're, on, they're on they're top, top of the mix. Oh, I know, oh, they're on top of the pile. But <laughs> I, you know, to take a win in New Zealand, they've taken one off Australia. I, I haven't really looked at the calculations too much. I have a better look after this weekend. But, God, I mean, who knows at the moment? It's, yeah, uh, with three games to play, mm. they could potentially snatch the rugby championship um, you know, with because it's going to be close, right? It's going to be close um, all the way along. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bonus points will be key, I reckon. They will. They will. Well, we'll try and move on quickly. Before we do, just a last little thing on the wider game. What do we make of this $10 million rumour to snatch Joseph Suwali? Are we calling this clickbait, Swaney, or do you reckon there's some merit behind this? Uh, I read the yarn by in the Australian by Jessica Haller in this afternoon, where um, you know Hamish McLennan has doubled down on it um, in terms of wanting to you know attract league players who have rugby backgrounds back to rugby union. Yeah. Um, however, if you read the article in the Daily Telegraph where they're throwing out figures of ten million dollars and two yeah. million a season and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. complete and utter clickbait. There's no quotes from anyone. No. It, no. There's no attribution to anyone from Rugby Australia. It's just, you know, it suits the narrative uh, for, for Rugby League, right? And Volandis has come out and blown up about it now as well. Mm. I just think it's an absolute light of garbage, to be honest. Happy to it's... happy to, for, for uh, Chairman of Rugby Australia, Hamish McLennan, to, you know, talk about wanting to attract players back, sure, but... And he, he said it and he was quoted in this article as saying, don't know where they got the figure from. That's come from no one from Rugby Australia. It's completely and utterly false. 
generally in these situations, Swainy and Virgo, the people that have most to gain are are the people that actually plant the stories. Mm. And these are the player managers because they're getting 10, 15%, maybe 20% of of, you know, the uh, the yep. success fee of negotiating a new contract. So they that they throw out a figure. Everyone goes, "Oh God, the uh, you know the sky's falling in. We better sign him up for one point five million for the next five years." Yeah, Kaching. Some player managers, uh, you know, just bought a new uh, holiday house on the south coast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen it before. We all know anyone involved in rugby know a flashy outside back is not going to win us the World Cup, but. Uh, the game needs star power, particularly in the domestic market. Is this the way to get it? Maybe. I don't know. I mean... Listen, Suwali, you know, perfect background. He yep. looks as though he's, he's, he's playing really well. be fantastic yep. if, if he went over, play, played for the Kangaroos in a, in a Rugby World Cup and then uh, and then had a year or two back back in rugby and, and played at our home World Cup. You know, who knows? You know, what, what, what a great story. Well, I just hope you know, we sort of look at what France is doing and obviously the proof will be in the pudding there in terms of how they perform at the next World Cup. But I just feel like, you know, that stuff aside, that may well happen, but we've just got to try and build an army. And I think that means trying to make sure we retain all our players playing together regularly week in, week out in that lead up to the next World Cup and and trying to prevent them from going to Europe and dropping into squads. I think that's the, the best way that, you know, we get a strong national side. So... Anyway, lots of things to solve, but um, we've waffled on there about the international scene, which is great because we're interested in all aspects of the game, but we're here to talk about the Shoot Shield. Um, Four has become two. We've had our two preliminary finals at Rat Park. uh, Come and gone on Sunday. Uh, Terrific game down at Rat Park. I thought that looked an absolute picture. Um, Let's start with the first match of the day, which was University against Eastwood. University 10, Eastwood 9. Um, I thought this was a dreadful game of rugby, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Uni kicked the absolute leather off the ball. Um, Woody's was sort of a little bit clunky. Um, it just didn't have any flow. Uh, we had a, a very credentialed referee in Angus Gardner um, had the whistle. I, I felt like maybe um, him coming down to club level maybe was it the right thing? I, I guess the great referee, don't get me wrong, but uh, there were so many infringements at the breakdown. There was just absolutely an arm going up either side. A lot of it had to do with entry and angles, and there was just absolutely no flow to the game. Combine that with university's tactic to just box kick everything. Mm. Um, I just really struggled to watch this game, Swanee. I can't lie. Yeah, it was it was a tough watch, wasn't it? I mean, just the one try to Kieran Lowe, um, which has you know become quite a regular um, pattern for Sydney Uni. They're very mm. good at their with their rolling ball and their their scrum and their set piece. Uh, I mean, really, the difference it comes down to two missed penalty goals and a missed drop goal, doesn't it? Tane oh, I feel for him. You yeah. got to feel for him, and, and mate, he's hit post. From fifty out or whatever, if it was mm. the first one, um, yep. and then the other ones drop short, and and you know you feel for him in that respect because he struck it beautifully. It's gone dead straight, yep. straight as an arrow, but the wind had died down at that point, and then he slices the drop goal from ten in front. Uh, you know, it, it's it, you got to feel for him, but he'll be a better player for that. 
Um, what, what about there was all happening though? What about the knock on under the sticks? Oh, from yeah. Tim Clements. I mean, look, Tim Clements is a bloody good football. I'm not going to knock him. He obviously got caught in the crossbar in the sun because it probably, you know, watching the ball the whole way and it just drops in front of him. But God, Eastwood had their opportunity. And as you say, you know, I, I did think the drop goal was the right decision. It was on. He was sort of, sort of wasn't. In the right position, it seemed a little bit. It seemed a little bit too close to ruck with not much protection, and sort of hit the ball across his body, and he just sliced it, didn't he, Kasha, across the goals? Yeah, it it it, it was absolutely tragic. You know, you know, one wonders why they uh, why they didn't you know go for the field goal option straight off that uh, what was a pretty solid uh, set piece underneath mm. the post there. So uh, yeah, listen, uh, yeah, it could have been you know. Yeah, would have been, could have been, what, whatever. But uh, I, I was speaking to Johnny Geddes, who uh, who spoke to him uh, after the game, rugby news colleague Johnny Geddes, and uh, he said he was pretty close to tears about uh, about the way the game finished, and you know, just just that lack of not being able to manage those situations because it was there for uh, for Eastwood to win, really. You know, like it. Uh, it was an absolute dog of a game, as you said, Berger. But uh, yeah, I think um, I, I, I think in uh, in different circumstances, the Woodies might have handled things just a, a little bit better. And uh, but you know, listen, you know what a great season East, Eastwood have had. You know, they've uh, they've, they've rattled home after a, a a bit of a hiccup towards the end of the uh, home and away games. But uh, but they look pretty uh, pretty handy all through the final series up up until this last game. What's great about, you know, as as painful as it was for Tane Edmund, but I've seen it in Donaldson and Edmund, the pressure of these shoot-shoot games has got to them a bit and they, they have been emotional. They've made a few errors, but this is why we want them playing club footy, isn't it, Swaney? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, Burjo, it's um, turning them into better rugby players and it's sure. giving them life experience playing against men. Um, you know, it's it's... Uh, and you know you, you've got to learn uh, from that from those situations, and you're better off learning from those situations at club level, where it means so much to so many so many people. For sure. Um, so yeah, there, there's a there's a really good lesson in that for for those young players, and I, I, it'll make them much better representative players at the end of the day. Oh, look, look, every other facet of the game, um, you know, they're, they're clearly a level above this level, but you know those little crunch moments um it's you still got a lot to learn and 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 i think um it was uh it was good to sort of see those aspects of the competition shining through in the in these bigger games um but yeah look you could take hats off to uni that they still managed to get it done i just um you know henry robertson who's been outstanding all year he, he really had a bit of a shocker unfortunately dropped a lot of balls and kicked a lot of sideways pill but you know he he, he hung in there i thought um I thought the standout for me was probably some of their forwards, Von Appen, um, Pullman, and the centres. I thought was really strong. It's funny, Uni. They 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 really are a one trick pony with their attack. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw. Um, oh, I've had a mental blank. Um, Clooney's Ross, who played in second grade on the weekend, find himself into that Uni side for the weekend, Kasha. 
Yeah, whether it's on the wing or at uh, at outside centre, there he team up quite nicely with Pullman, who I thought was uh, was yeah. quite strong. His running angles were uh, were sort of like really good. He was able to make ground in that uh, in the Eastwood defence in in some of those seams between uh, ten and twelve and all that sort of stuff. But uh, listen, on 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 the Eastwood side of things, I that Harry Wilson played uh, particularly well. Yep. Uh, Turner, the number seven, did some good stuff, and Isley uh, showed that he's. Uh, I reckon he's he's ready for Super Rugby. Isley, to be quite honest. Yeah, Isley's been a, a fantastic player for for a number of years. It's, I haven't seen too much of him play in the in the second row, but he seemed to to handle that pretty well. But uh, yeah, Woodies will, will be disappointed. They had a tough weekend. They they lost three three games on the bounce on on Sunday, um, so they're all out. Um, Let's go to the next game, which I'm pleased to report was a much better game to watch. Uh, not a great result for the Shawman, though. And, Kasha, you can talk us through this. Gordon have prevailed. Gordon, 23. Northern Suburbs, 13. I, I thought Norse just, just didn't seem to get into this one at all, really. No, not uh, not at all, boys. I thought, uh, uh, you know, just, just, just talking amongst my WhatsApp mates and all, all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, there was this feeling that Norse saved their worst for the for the very last uh, game of the year, as as it turned out. But listen, I I, I rewatched the game, and uh, I I've just got to say that Gordon were was simply outstanding. You know, their defence was uh, yep. was brutal. Uh, their scrum was very effective. Their lineout worked really well. Career in the centres, I thought, did really well. Reese McDonald at fullback. Kicked his goals and uh, was was always handy at the back there for uh, some of those uh, plays uh, at you know when they shouldered out the back and and Jack McGregor was uh, was particularly good and then on uh, you know the cherry on top of that was the way that Harrison Goddard took his time and uh, once his forwards had got on top against the uh, the Norse pack started to uh, do a bit of the stuff down the blind side. I think uh, you're going to see a lot of that this uh, this coming weekend in, in the grand final. Harrison Goddard down that short side. He's very, very effective, and he scored the try that really blew that game open, uh, oh, I think, probably 50 minutes in, wasn't it? So uh, mm-hmm. it was just uh, it was just one of those games. You know, Norse uh, seemed to be uh, out-muscled, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. So Jack Margin was another one who did particularly well. And listen, that Tristan Fully, if if, if he's not on uh, somebody's radar, whether it's here or overseas, people are going to need their heads read, to be quite honest. Mm, what's becoming emerging, um, what's emerging rather for me in this Gordon side is their spine. They've got Vailano at hooker, who's, let's be honest, probably the outstanding rake in the competition. Um, the back row, particularly Loft and Goddard, um, then they're 9, 10, 15, Goddard, McGregor and McDonald, who has just grown another leg at the back, um, Swaney. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And he's he's been particularly outstanding at 15, hasn't he? His um, confidence is just flying at the moment. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And you're right. And then the rest of the team kind of slot in around that spine and they've got a little bit of depth there. I mean... You know, we spoke to Billy Melrose on Clubland this week and he was saying that, you know, having lost um, their two centres, um, you know, in pretty quick succession, that, that you know, that definitely hurt them. Um, you know, Pole has gone with his fractured arm and, 
Um, he taught, you know, tore his ligaments in there as well. And, um, you know, career has just come in. Didn't and, he go well? He oh, been, great. been absolutely yeah, you know, yeah. over from Exeter and um, he slotted in, you know, really nicely. Mm. Um, and, you know, fully, you're right, is is an absolute beast with his Taekwondo black belt. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I the other thing that, that struck me, and Billy said this on Clubland as well, is just how calm Harrison Goddard is. He just he just um, seems to calm everyone down around him as well. Yeah, it's um, so important to have a half And it's so important in finals, and it's so yep. important, um, you know, to to keep everyone with a level head on their shoulders. And, and it was important on the weekend. They, they they didn't panic at all when they were under any pressure from North. Their defensive no. line was brilliant, mm. and uh, and then they pounced when they needed to. Yeah, and they just. Well, I actually watched the game from underneath the goalposts at the northern end, and what I was noticing was that uh, that North. In, in a lot of their play seemed to be going across the field and they just weren't finding any space anywhere. Max mm. Fury throughout the 18 rounds of the season and most of the uh, most of the final series has been able to find a chink somewhere in the, in the defences that they've played against and they just weren't there on the weekend. So uh, thumbs up to the uh, Gordon defence and I think... Uh, I think there was a bit of the uh, old canny coach in Billy Melrose uh, you know, uh, throwing a few lessons out there to a to a relative rookie in uh, in Zach Beer, but uh, you know, we all learn from these things, don't we? That's what we're here to do. I mean, especially you know, I think it was an interesting mix, as you say. Norse were moving the ball around all year, and uh, Gordon really steeled up and were able to, to combat that. And then when Goddard keeps popping out at the back of the line there and popping balls in behind the twenty two, and and Gordon seeming to have the ascendancy up front, it was. Just too hard to stop. So, um, yeah, now we've got two. Um, Gordon are going to defend their title against the students. Um, I did have a listen to Clubland. If anyone hasn't had a listen, uh, Brian Melrose and Sean Hedger on there giving a little preview. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one, and I'm really excited for Billy Melrose. I've uh, worked really close with Billy at Manly for three years. I was president and he was head coach, and uh, you will not find a more passionate, dedicated um, professional coach at this level and he absolutely lives and breathes rugby and his family are his biggest supporters and they'll be very excited this week and I, I really hope he can get it done because he's been waiting a long time uh, for a crack at the big one and um, he's always coached teams in I, what I think is the right way. He's always looked to be expansive. His teams have always been um, playing positive rugby and you know I think we saw a bit of that in the weekend. I, I, I Look, that's my bias this week, and I'll, I'll be in the Stags camp, but obviously um, Uni are, are deserving of their spot, and let's just hope it's a great game, Swaney. You'll be calling it. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, speaking to, um, you know, Sean Hedger this week as well uh, on Clubland, you know, the, the short turnaround's a, a funny one. It's the only one of the year for any team, yeah. um, the six-day turnaround. But Hedge sort of said that also it's, Probably a good thing because it gives everyone one less night to be nervous. So That's true. It's uh, That's true. it's it's quite you know it's quite interesting in that in that respect that um, you know it's a it's a short turnaround. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to calling this one. Um, you know, uh, they've been two really interesting teams. You know, if Gordon could win it from seventh, I mean, we were speaking about it the other day, right? 
Um, they finished seventh on the ladder. It's it's quite uh, remarkable that they're there. So it throws those power rankings out, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we had them riding up the power rankings, then they wobbled again, and then uh, yeah, they come again. You talk to all the coaches, and I'm and I'm talking about coaches that are now professional coaches. You've got to get a bit of luck at this time of the year. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's it's it just an injury here or or, or what happened, but. You know, it's it's just get in there and see how you go. And you know, I think um, Gordon, from what we've seen in the finals, have, have deserved their shout. You know, Uni rode their luck a bit on the weekend, but they're there because they just do the consistent things well. So, I think we've got two pretty deserving sides um, on Saturday, and I just hope it's a great game. And I, I think um, from what I saw on the weekend, I, I really feel like Gordon have, have got a really good shout here, Kasha. Oh, listen! You know they're, uh, they're they're strong in the front row. You know that uh, that that line out uh, headed up by Jack Margin is good. Jordan Goddard uh, carries the ball well, and then you, you know we've already spoken about the spines, and they're they're, they're a huge chance. And uh, really, if 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 you um, if you are uh, you know defining the market from uh, from the form on Sunday afternoon. You'd have Gordon at six to four, and uh, Uni at probably three or four to one, wouldn't you? Oh, I tend to agree. I just Uni's attack; it's it's so reliant on that on that up front driving ball, and I don't see a lot of great stuff from them out the back. So if Gordon can be Steely and D again, I I think they're in a, a great shout. And I don't think they should. Um, they might be going to throw caution to win, but you know you you can't go in your shell sometimes in these. Um, Grand Finals, Swanee. He who he who dares wins sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, you got to be brave. That's another thing that Billy said. You know, to us on on Clubland. Um, you know, you got to be brave. And, and it's funny. I'm actually just looking at the two teams from the weekend just gone, and no doubt there'll be changes here and there or whatever. But um, they actually man for man match up really well, don't they? Yeah. Like it's two. The, the key matchups across the park are going to be some real beauties, I reckon. So, um, yeah, from that respect, it should be a good spectacle. And I hope that the weather stays away and, um, you know, Leichhardt Oval's packed. It'll be beautiful to see. Now, we've had some grand finals already uh, decided. Let's just go through our winners. Uh, thirds, Colts, East have beaten Uni. I believe that was one on the bell. So, great result for the Beasties. Two's Colts, Rambic has beaten the Raddies uh, at Coogee as well. Um, and fourth grade, University has taken out the Premiership winning against Rambic. I see they got a nice shout-out from Shaquille O'Neal, Swaney. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, we're the only people in Australia who didn't meet Shaq while he was here. Oh, Shaq was due to come on Shootcast, but he had to cancel it last yeah, minute. Yeah, the big Aristotle himself, eh? Some of his fine, uh, his fine words, yeah. Um, no, I thought you were the big Aristotle, Swain. Uh, some some pest has got the uh, uni shout out in his face at the airport or something. I actually think it was a former Marlon that did that. But happy days, well done to uni in fourth grade. Now, what about this third grade? East and Ramick have drawn, and it's a split premiership. You yeah, are kidding! Premiership first one in eighty years for the Henderson Shield um, Berger. Uh, Nineteen forty-two was the last time. The Henderson Shield was joint premiers. It just cannot be. Just... Now, boys, here's a, here's a little bit of history. I actually played for the Henderson Cup at the old sports ground, which at that stage, 1978, ran east to west, 
We played manly. Yes. We battled it out for, I think, it was six or a nine-all draw after extra time. I do remember. So you were in the last, because I'd won the, the fourth grade premiership 2015 and that manly side was the last one to win it, but it was a draw. So you were in that match. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there was a manly bloke there. He was the hooker. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was, he was. Uh, I don't think he's with us at the moment, but he was renowned for uh, running a couple of the brothels in the manly area. But uh, anyway, <laughs> you'd probably know more about oh, that. I may know who he is, but he will remain nameless. A um, couple of Wallabies in that fourth grade side, so you've done well there, Casho. Um, now, on Saturday, there are three games to be decided, three final premierships. Uh, Manly, very excitingly, have got our first grade Colts into the grand final against East, so that'll be a, a good game. Um, University taking on East in second grade. I have to give a shout-out to East. They've had a wonderful season. They've made four grand finals, uh, which is fantastic. And then obviously the big one, Union Gordon. And then hopefully um, as many of our rugby-loving fans can get out there and cheer on the Wallabies to another win against the Springboks, hey, Swanee? Yeah, that, that'll be a nice little pilgrimage from Leichhardt Oval um, at, you know, 5.30 p.m. over to watch for 7.30 kickoff. Uh, it'll be an interesting little commute. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, myself, Tim Horan and uh, Sean Maloney calling the game. Uh, at Leichhardt on Saturday afternoon, Shawnee on the sidelines. And, Very um, good. Yeah, looking, and then he'll head over and call the test match. Fantastic. So, so, so boys, I, listen, I, I can't wait to have a sausage roll at Leichhardt Oval and then head into the new Allianz Stadium and then have to choose between dumplings and uh, kingfish sashimi. <laughs> that's, that's, what just, that's the Justin Hems effect there, Kasha. Mate, that sounds to me like a, a, a rugby degustation for you, Casho. Yes, that's right. Mate, thanks, gents. Uh, one more to get through the season and uh, we're done. Oh, I look forward to it, mate. It's going to be a cracking weekend. Um, you know, may the best team win. That's right. Thank you, Casho. Thanks, Burjo. See you, Swaney. See you, mate.